0: I draft 0 RB in Dynasty, pass up a young receiver, nah I couldn't be mean My 5th wide receiver ran it's only round 7, not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me, what you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank, those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great, it's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 197 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty fantasy football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter, stroke X at FF Evan Lucian. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear some more of on this show. We are into week Eight of the nfl season we are in the thick of it we are chasing those trophies and we have an amazing return guest it is the return of dennis the menace dennis bennett at culture underscore coach he is the managing editor editor for dynasty nerds he is the co-host of the ff roundtable podcast and most importantly he is an all-around great guy dennis how the heck are you buddy dude
1: i am so stoked i've got you know Half a dozen teams that are pushing for a title in dynasty. I I feel good about you know winning some money. It's a weird season, and you just got to roll with it and and take the, every year. We talk about oh, this is the most injuries, or it's the scoring is down, or scoring is up, or teams that just. I mean, when will people learn that that's just what fantasy football is? It's you do all of your own research. You rely on people that do great research. You put this all together. You make educated decisions, and then you let the variables go at it, and nothing works out like you expect.
0: <laughs> exactly. You have to. You have to just embrace the chaos. Um, I think that's that's so true, and I'm glad you kind of started out with that because I think you're right. I think. I mean, I would say. You're right on both sides because it does feel like an extra weird year in my opinion of
1: course i'm right evan i'm an expert yeah. i am a
0: fantasy football exactly expert. uh make sure that's in your bio um you're a fantasy yeah. football expert and you're right i think it is weird it feels like a really weird year in a lot of ways but at the same time every year is really weird for its own reasons and especially if you play dynasty you're absolutely right you know, you're almost better off just kind of just continuing to to accrue as much depth as you possibly can and <laughs> be, be as prepared as you can for all occasions, because realistically, all occasions are probably going to happen. Um, obviously, managing editor, at Dynasty Nerds doing a fantastic job over there. There's so much going on at Dynasty Nerds. What have been some of the highlights for you lately, or some things that you're really excited about that are on the plate over there at Dynasty Nerds?
1: So one of the things that I love, we, we've got some guys who are doing some some weekly articles that I, I think are great. Brad Custer, MomCalFF on, on the Xbox, is doing a weekly matchup report. And it shows how teams fare versus a specific position. So like a wide receiver versus, uh, you know, Washington's wide receivers versus New York's defense. What are they, how, how do they, is it a plus matchup, negative matchup? Uh, if you go to any of our, our uh, forums that we do on start Sit forums, a lot of times, like I, I use that chart to refer to when I'm looking If somebody says, should I start, you know, player X or player Y um, I, I want to look and see what's the matchup look like. Is, is it positive or negative for that particular player? Um, Steven Pintado is breaking down the script for fantasy success. So on Thursdays and Mondays, we've got island games. And, and so it's it's pretty easy. He's got one game. He's looking at the point spread, how the teams have played in the past. What do we expect the game script to be? And how does that affect the players that are fantasy relevant? The Sunday article that comes out is a monster. It's usually somewhere around... Twelve to 14,000 words long. He breaks down every Sunday game. We release that on Saturday because it's a lot to digest. But when we have a full slate like we do this week, it's going to be a great big giant article. He goes through every single game, breaks down the expected game script and how it is going to affect every fantasy relevant player in the game. Those have been probably my two favorite new articles. And probably my favorite returning article is is, – you know, what's flex got to do with it?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about flex. You know, um, it's, it's definitely, a, I see what you did there. You, you know, you're uh, sucking up to the, sucking up, <laughs> sucking up to the talent so, and I like, and I call myself the talent, um, which obviously uh, is, you know, poetic license. And, uh, I, I, I love the, like,
1: so your article has so many like song titles you can kind of. The, versus like the quarterback and the running back they know yeah. here's you've got lots of you've got lot lot your, yours has the most clever title i will say
0: exactly that's why I, that's why i do it you know it's like it's all about the puns you know um and and i will say i had the the cojones to shout out Dante Foreman last week who ended up being the RB one on the week as a, as a flex start. So there you go. Let's forget about the misses. Let's not talk about that. Let's just focus on the one hit there and uh, <laughs> let's move on. But like, no, we have um, absolutely- one
1: hit wonder than it never was.
0: Better to burn out than to fade away. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. We've got loads to talk about. Dennis has been super, super generous with his time, but he does have a schedule to keep. So we're gonna hop into our first uh, first section here and start um start talking about what happened last week before we look ahead to week next week. An honorable hatchet man does not lie. A hatchet man
1: Right up behind him with a hatchet, smash, smash, smash. Anyone can carry a hatchet, even a liar.
0: Hatchet man of the week. Dennis, you've been on the show before. I think you know what you're getting yourself into here, but I'm going to let you get off your chest. The thing that hurt you, annoyed you the most. Who was your hatchet man of the week in week seven?
1: Oh, I've got to, I'm going to go with the entire Detroit Lions offense. I just don't know what the heck happened. It was, you know, they were flying high and it's not like the Ravens are, putting up a Ray Lewis type of defense this year. But the Lions just – Jameer Gibbs had a good game, 68 yards, 6.2 in a touchdown. He caught nine passes. And I'm on Ross St. Brown, but Jared Goff didn't throw for any touchdowns. I'd love to see Jameer Gibbs continue to get, you know, 10 targets, eight targets, but on maybe 35 Jared Goff dropbacks – what 14 rush attempts i get it they were behind the ravens lamar jackson is playing as good as you can expect him to play uh he's i'll talk about him in a little later segment but i think lamar is having a fantastic season i i just as a lions fan and as well as they were playing i i, I would i would have much rather it been you know a one point last second Field goal by Justin Tucker that rips my heart out than just a complete demolishing and a beatdown.
0: And just before we move on to my Hatch Man of the Week, I do want to just clarify something. So you've mentioned there you're a Detroit Lions fan. Like, how did you end up a Detroit Lions fan when you live in the Ohio? I mean, am I do you call it the Ohio? I've always wondered this because it's the Ohio State. No. Do you call it the Ohio or is it just Ohio?
1: Well, it's not the Ohio State. It's the Ohio State University. If you don't put the in front of it, it's just Ohio State. You know, it's not the OSU. It's OSU. It's Ohio State. It's the Ohio State University. Uh, I actually was born in that state up north, and I didn't move to Ohio until I was 15. Uh, And so I grew up a Lions fan. I used to watch Lions games with my grandfather uh, because my dad wasn't necessarily a sports fan. And so my grandfather and I used to watch the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Tigers and the Detroit Pistons and the Detroit Red Wings. And so by proxy, I became a Detroit fan. When I moved to Ohio, I just adopted the Browns and they're AFC versus the Lions and the NFC. And so I still have my childhood allegiance to the Lions. I, you know, I tell people I've been a Lions fan so long that number 20 to me is Hall of Fame cornerback Lem Barney.
0: And is Barry Sanders the greatest running back of all time? I think so. Yeah, I loved watching him you, you, growing up. You know who who
1: could have been Billy Sims, who was number twenty before Barry Sanders, Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. When he played, he had a knee injury that today you just come back with, from the next year and you're fine. But back when he he had it, it, it was you know a career threatening injury. He played like two more seasons. Oh man. He was so good.
0: Right. Well, we've got that. And then we got a little bit of the the backstory, the kind of you know, backstory of Dennis here. I my backstory of Hatchet Man of the Week for me is definitely Jeff Wilson. I mean, to be fair, there was quite a few. There was definitely a as usual, there was quite a few to choose from. But Jeff Wilson, man, that was that was something special, you know. Like I I have him in quite a few leagues. Um just been one of those kind of really cheap to acquire, easy to acquire. Sometimes you get him off the waiver wire sort of guys, and you know, you've held on to him. You've waited. You've waited. You've seen this Dolphins running team, you know, running just room just explode with points, apparently. And, you know, I think I even had him in the Scott Fishbowl. And so you've held on to him. You've held on to him. He, you thought he might play last week. He didn't. You're like, oh, one more week, full practice. Yes, throw him in the lineup and one reception for four yards, 14% of snaps. Like what an absolute hatchet man. Absolutely destroyed several of my teams where i was expecting i didn't even expect devon a chain level performance but i would have been super happy with like 10 solid points um and again back to the let's talk about flex article i definitely put him in the article so that was a miss for me so apologies to anyone who may have started jeff wilson i was there with you i felt the pain myself so we- I mean, it was a reasonable start. I, I had Wilson in
1: lineups, and like you're right, we didn't expect Devon A, Chain, Raheem Mostert numbers, but we've seen him be very productive in that offense, and in the off season, he was atop the depth chart uh, until he got injured. It, I fully expected, you know, 50 yards and a couple of catches.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that's what we were talking about at the start there. You know, it's, it's one of those things, like, it feels like we're getting Arthur Smith every single week, but you know, it just happens, you know, game script can go a completely different way than we expect. Weather can kick in, things can happen. Injuries, you know, stuff happens all the time and you just don't know. There's a lot of things behind closed doors that we're not aware of. We're just seeing practice reports or we're seeing like, okay, they're fully, fully healthy sweet should be all all guns blazing but unfortunately didn't work out there obviously i wouldn't like just drop him on the wave wire or anything crazy you just got to wait and see what happens over the next couple weeks see if he does get worked in more and more obviously maybe in a less tough matchup than the eagles so we're gonna move on here again we got a lot to get through and i want to take get dennis's take on some of these um some of these bits of news spilling the tea So we have quite a few little bits of news here. We're just going to rattle through some of them, and then I'll get Dennis's take here at the end. So Anthony Richardson, I think we've talked about last couple of weeks, apparently he did have uh, shoulder surgery. There is no timeline for his return, which is not ideal. Deshaun Watson, so this is an ongoing saga. He now has a strain of the subscapularis, apparently, (laughs) uh, within the rotator cuff. So it could be out for several weeks. We don't really know at this stage, but it's not good for dennis's you know second team the browns Zach Ertz going on ir with a quad strain so you'd like to hope that he could make it back this season uh jerome ford low grade high ankle sprain i don't believe anyone when they tell me it's a low grade high ankle sprain i hate to hear high ankle sprain apparently the word at the moment is he could be a sideline for one to two weeks but man high ankle sprains are such a killer in season for running backs It really 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 Uh, discourages me in my outlook for Jerome Ford, at least for the next several weeks. Dawson Knox needs surgery on his wrist. So, obviously, we just saw the biggest game of the season, you know, for the young rookie tight end. I believe it looks like wheels are up at this stage for him, um, considering we don't really know how long, you know, we just don't know how long Dawson Knox is going to be out for. And even if it is just a couple weeks, as I just mentioned there, you know, we just saw Dalton Kincaid have his best game. So, it looks like it could be breakout season for Dalton Kincaid. Um, Burn him if you smoke him if you got him. Chris Olave was arrested. For driving 35 miles per hour over the speed limit so that's never a good thing um but yeah lots of bits of news and notes i would like to just quickly get your take on the anthony richardson thing dennis because i've been thinking about this a lot and part of me wonders and i think it's a reasonable thing to think about and at least debate Uh, and this is dynasty debate so what better place to do that but you know could anthony richardson be um you know could he be just the next name of these young talented quarterbacks who come in, we're super hyped on them because of their rushing floor, but they can't stay healthy. You know, he's already come in, got injured, got back on the field, got injured, got back on the field, got injured now we, he could be missing the rest of his rookie year. Um is this Trey Lance 2.0? You know what I mean? Like are, where are you with the Anthony Richardson thing? We've seen these flashes of even fantasy greatness, but he just can't stay healthy. We don't know what the the future could hold. And where are you at as far as his dynasty value? So
1: I love Anthony Richardson in two rebuilding teams this offseason, I had the 101 and I could not bring myself to not draft Bijan Robinson. So I successfully engineered trades from the 101 to the 102 and took Anthony Richardson in two spots where I would have had Bijan uh, Robinson. Is there a chance that he is the next? Great athlete at quarterback that never pans out because of injuries. Yes, I don't think it's fair. I, I think Trey Lance is a good athlete. I think Anthony Richardson is a better quarterback than Trey Lance was. Part of the risk with Richardson was that he only started 14 games in college or 12 games in college. It wasn't. It that was the. Uh, it was like Mitch Trubisky level college games at least Trey Lance played at a couple different level he 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 had some opportunities he didn't really start many games either and so there's not a ton of record you, you don't you don't and it was at Florida and and Richardson Florida's Richardson Richardson's Florida team wasn't a great team I like Richardson I think he's going to be good and I think the best quarterbacks in this situation, they have to learn how to mesh staying healthy with expressing that athleticism. I think Lamar Jackson has been one of the best at it. And Lamar Jackson is what he's 225 pounds, 6'2, 225, versus Richardson, 6'5, 245. A- and As long as Richardson can kind of get that under control and figure it out, I mean, it was a freak injury. He landed on his shoulder. Derek Carr landed on his shoulder and sprained his AC joint um, and then went out and couldn't throw the ball more than six yards. Um, And then two weeks later threw it 50 times or something. They'll get it fixed. They're going to continue to get better. Minshew isn't the answer at quarterback. That we know.
0: How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like a lot of what you said there. I think for me, it's it's definitely an interesting point of conversation. I think where I come down on is it's all about price point. Like if the person who has Anthony Richardson is now panicking and thinking, oh my goodness, this is Trey Lance 2.0 uh, and you can get him for the proverbial pennies on the dollar, then yes, I'm absolutely fine in acquiring shares and trying to see and hopefully see a bounce back because we know there's such a massive, massive ceiling there if he is healthy and if he does get the run. But if you're like, okay, you have to, you have to, I think, be reasonable and say, look, there's at least a chance, you know, that he becomes, you know, the next Trey Lance or the next whoever, whatever you want to copy and paste, whatever name, somebody who has a great potential, but just can never put it together. You know, we just don't know. You know, if you're having to go out and now you're going to have to, if you're paying two firsts and a player to try and get him, I would be a little bit gun shy of that because I think there's other quarterbacks you could go and, you know, acquire for, for a cheaper price that have, you know, similar or at least good upside on their, on their side as well. If you're going to gamble on somebody who's injured, you know, might as well look at maybe Kyler Murray or something, you know what I mean? So I think, um, that's where I would stand, but I think that's really some interesting points that you bring up. We are going to just jump in here again, just conscious of time. We do have a lot to go through. We've got some really interesting points here in the next segment. Three things you should know. Fight. three things you should know is a new segment this year if you guys have been following along you'll know that just a time to sit and reflect a little bit so talk about some things that we're thinking about as dynasty players ourselves every guest i have on really they play a lot of dynasty I've played in leagues with some of these guests or i I know some of the leagues they play in and you know they're they're sharp minds they play you know they have their strengths and weaknesses like we all do but i like to get different pieces of the puzzle i like to hear different people's perspectives so for us you know it's just a time to really th- talk about a couple of points maybe storylines maybe facts maybe stats things that we're thinking about that we think maybe you should at least be considering so I'm going to throw it to you dennis what's your first thing you think we should know about as dynasty managers right now
1: so quarterbacks have they there's definitely a window of productivity for quarterbacks and running quarterbacks the window is shorter unless they can completely transform their game Lamar Jackson's, what is he now, 27, 28 years old. Theoretically, he should be entering his peak quarterback years, but because of his style of play, he doesn't pass the ball a lot. So right now he's sitting in 19th and pass attempts, but he's on, career, uh, on pace for a career high of 486. That's 85 pass attempts more than his previous career high. He's second in the league with a 71... Co- Completion rate. He's currently QB four after seven weeks. Going into the season, he was ranked typically about QB seven, and now as we're you know seven games into the season, he's starting to settle into that Todd Munkin offense, and he's getting going. And I think we're just going to see um, several more years. Zay Flowers coming on when OBJ is healthy. You know He's being productive. You still have Mark Andrews. I, I shudder to think how good this offense would have been if J.K. Dobbins hadn't gotten injured.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it is interesting. I think there's a lot of performances right now that you don't even realize they're that good or they're that bad until you actually start looking at some of the figures because it has been a weird first seven weeks of the season. Um, mine is sort of similar in the sense of it's just looking at a big picture idea of some statistics. So for me, I was thinking about like you said at the start actually at the very start of the show you say every year we get in and we're like oh there's we're not scoring as much or you know all oh, running backs aren't as good or whatever so i just thought it'd be just out of curiosity i wanted to look and so through the lot you know for the through the first seven weeks of 2022 um the top 12 wide receivers in a ppr league were averaging 18.8 points per game and actually through seven weeks in 2023, they're averaging 20.9. So they actually are averaging a couple of points a game more um, through through the first seven weeks than they were last year. And conversely, if you look at the running back position last year through – Um, seven weeks they were averaging just over 18 so 18.04 points per game whereas this year they're averaging 17.9 so there's less variance there. It's pretty much similar it's a little bit less but the wide receivers have gone up so i think some of the big surprise probably is more just some of the names you know especially at the running back position Uh, i think that's where maybe people have been getting really stung or really hurt this year for for fantasy just for dynasty but you know especially any sort of format really if you look at the top 12 running backs right now through seven weeks there's a lot of names you would not have expected kyron williams zach moss deandre swift isaiah pacheco devon e. H. uh brian robinson jr actually so i mean those those all those names i don't think anybody i don't think anybody unless you had a crystal ball was putting them in your top 12 running backs you know halfway through the season so i just thought it was really interesting to think about and i think i like this this part of the year it's getting hot and heavy at the top of your league. The top four or five teams are really going for it. They're getting excited. They probably have winning records. Um, and you know, it's now's a good time if you're in the middle of the pack or if you're a re, you know rebuilder. Step back a little bit. Look at some of these trends and see where can I take some of this and put this to my advantage. You know, what can I what can I utilize or manipulate for lack of a better term to maybe make myself some some you know a little bit of momentum for moving into the off season. If you're thinking this is just not your year, so you can kind of start looking at like historical trends versus what we're seeing now what players do you expect to continue on that trajectory what players do you expect to bounce back and then start you know kind of making your gambles or your bets there Um, but what about your second thing so is there something else you wanted to bring to the table for us to consider dennis
1: so since tyreek hill left kansas city it seems like the wide receiver position has been a complete afterthought and i think we see that sometimes when the Chiefs look like they're sort of mortal uh, because nobody has been that, has taken over as that top guy. I felt like Sky Moore was going to be able to take a step. I felt that the Miami or the Kansas City offense was sophisticated enough in the way that Patrick Mahomes played it that having a year under your belt was going to be very important to be being a productive wide receiver. However, Rashi rice comes in and he's starting to run away with the Kansas city wide receiver. One role he's on pace for 82 targets, 63 yards, 741 yards and seven and a half touchdowns. He was, I, I I didn't extrapolate like the last three games, which is where he's really started to take off the last three or four games. And he, he just is turning into a baller. It, 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 it's troubling for my sky Moore shares that more has not stepped up better, but even Kadarius Tony has more targets than sky Moore, And I am not a Kadarius Tony guy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas city, he's on pace for 51 receptions this year. He's out targeting Jerick McKinnon, uh, By 50%, uh, two to one uh, in targets over the quote-unquote passing down back in Kansas City. And that's only going to grow as he continues to produce. I don't think that Pacheco has a super long runway, but in this instance, if I'm competing He's a guy i I might be targeting to add to my team.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love both of those call-outs because I that you know, when I was looking at the running backs, that was the, one of the names that really surprised me. I was like, whoa, nobody really it's weird because and I think the reason for at least partly is because we're all feeling a little bit snake bit for lack of a better term. You know, we all fell for the Sky Moore. I love Sky Moore. Fell for that like a ton of bricks. You know, a lot of people for years fell for the Michael Hardman thing over and over again. Um, you know, we fell for Kadarius Toney. Like, we fell for, you know, CEH. So we've been trying, we've been chasing this dragon for like a few years now where we're trying to get that magical piece of the Kansas City Chiefs offense that isn't Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes. And, Yeah, I think maybe people are just a little bit gun shy because not a lot of people are out screaming Isaiah Pacheco's name in the dynasty streets. And the same with Rasheed Rice. I mean, I liked Rasheed Rice. I actually had a kind of mid to low second round rookie draft grade on him before the NFL draft. I really liked him. I was a believer. When he got drafted, I tried not to get too excited. I tried not to get too hyped on him. Um, But I certainly was still happy enough taking him at the sort of top of the second round. And you know, it's been a slow burn as far as he hasn't just completely hit the ground running and blown things up. But having said that, you know, definitely to your point, he certainly looks a lot better these last few weeks and you're starting to feel like, man, this could be a really exciting thing. You know, if he continues to progress, you know, the last few weeks, like you mentioned, you know, he's had five targets, four targets, six targets. So it's not a lot of targets. But the last three weeks, he's gone from 30 to 49 to 59% of snaps. He's getting more involved in the offense. He's making the most of his opportunities. So yeah, I really, really like that. I'm a big Rashi Rice fan. So I think you're right. I think there's a guy that both of them, you could potentially still get a deal done for, you know, better value than you would expect for somebody who is kind of attached to that Patrick Mahomes, um, offense, you know, which is certainly something we still want pieces of. So I definitely, definitely think you should go and you know, kind of knock on some doors, ask some questions. My second point, second thing you should know is actually about somebody I just mentioned there, Brian Robinson Jr. So really interesting case study guy that at this point in time in a PPR league, he is a top 12 running back granted RB 12, but he's a top 12 running back through seven weeks, despite being around 20th in both snaps, uh, total attempts, total yards. And he's all the way around 60th in yards per carry. So I think what's buoying his performance at the moment is he does have like four rushing touchdowns. And I think, you know, anytime you can get into the end zone, that's gonna massively help your fantasy season, especially at the running back position. We all saw what Jamal Williams do that last year with like what did he have? 12, 15 touchdowns or something like that. And he was a, a an amazing guy to have. But I think for me, the reason I bring up Brian Robinson Jr. is again sort of similar to my point earlier, if you're in middle of the pack or if you're rebuilding, if you've got Brian Robinson Jr. right now, I'd be looking to offload him if possible to a contender because from what we're seeing when we're looking at these underlying statistics, he's not actually doing a great job of being a running back. He's not being overly efficient. He's not breaking a lot of tackles. He's not being super amazing. He's just managing to fall into the end zone uh, and getting enough work to do that uh, fairly regularly at this point in the season. So if you can kind of just Say, hey, I've got this top 12 running back, and there are so many running backs injured at the moment. I think it's a really great time right now for you to go and you know sell brian robinson jr for you know at least a second round pick to some contender maybe a second and a player that you kind of believe in that you're curious about that you think that has some upside and i think that would be a really solid um just solid move because he's not he doesn't strike me as this kind of running back that's going to have a really long shelf life in dynasty or just be a perfect you know just this guy that you're going to roll out every single year and get rb2 you know low-end rb1 production from i just think at the minute He's kind of in a perfect storm for his fantasy value. Um, but yeah, th- what's your third thing? What's your last thing that you wanted to bring up and talk about there, Dennis?
1: I mean, Brian Robinson is the quintessential hashtag two to three year window uh, running back.
0: Yeah, so, exactly. And we're in year two. So <laughs> you're, yeah, you're coming to the end of that shelf life. You you know you don't want to wait until next year.
1: So my, my my third thing is that Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals – is a screaming buy right now not only for dynasty but i think for redraft he's currently wide receiver 46 and i know what you're thinking dennis why do i want to buy a wide receiver for you know it looks like kyler murray's coming back wilson is having a, a really good season he only has 27 targets but he's caught 21 of them And he's a downfield threat. He's averaging 16.3 yards per catch. He's second in the team in yards while being fourth in targets. He's caught two touchdown passes. I think that when Kyler Murray gets back, that they're not bringing Murray back if they don't think they have a chance to make a run in Arizona. And I know they put Ertz on IR, but they're going to get James Conner back. They have their only three games left against their division, which is, you know, the Rams, the Seahawks, and uh, uh, the Niners. But they're all at home in Arizona. There's a chance if Murray comes back and he plays well, they could go on an eight- or nine-game win streak or win, you know, eight-of-nine games or nine-of-ten games that they have left and possibly get a wild-card berth. You don't bring... Kyler Murray back if you don't believe that that can happen and if they're going to do that it's going to be on the back of uh, uh, James Connor Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson Michael Wilson has something the rest of that wide receiving core doesn't have and that's size so I have a 12 year old son who's getting ready next Sunday and Monday are basketball tryouts my 12 year old son now he'll be 13 in about two weeks, so I should call him 13. But at, on the verge of 13, he's five foot ten and 250 pounds, and I keep telling him like he's he looks around the, these basketball workouts and he's like, there's like two other centers here. He goes, I'm a center. He's he's like he he's like seventh grade Shaquille O'Neal is what he is right now. He's just, he's just big and thick. He's got good ball handling. Michael Wilson is that guy for the Arizona Cardinals. And at wide receiver 46, you can sell that, you know, Kyler hasn't typically been a high-volume passing quarterback. When you look at it, he's never had a 4,000-yard season, it, it, which, believe it or not, you, you're always thinking, of, oh, Arizona, Kyler Murray, they're this juggernaut. They really haven't been and when James Conner gets healthy i think it'll be more of the same but it'll be a fairly narrow funnel with wilson being right there behind marquis brown
0: yeah i like it and it's another guy that because there wasn't a lot of buzz In the preseason for most parts you were getting them in like the third fourth rounds of your rookie drafts i think you certainly can still get a decent deal done so those are the kind of players that you're looking at targeting my last thing you should know is and i think if you're a manager of one of these players you probably know this already but i just thought it was really fascinating when i was looking through some stats and kind of just thinking about you know guys that we saw last year as rookies do really well and we've had such high hopes for and we were so so excited man there's been a lot of like sophomore slumps for lack of a better term and just not even just sophomore players but players that are still considered young or up and coming or just you know ascendant players that have been very disappointing at least at the wide receiver position you know we've got jalen waddle dk metcalf t higgins garrett wilson Jahan dodson all outside the top 30 wide receivers through seven weeks now obviously there's context you 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 know, most of those guys have missed at least one game through injury and those kind of things can massively sway the numbers this early in the season. Um, But I just thought it was really interesting and I wanted to point out that, you know, that is something to be aware of for a couple of different reasons. You know, in Dynasty, there's times where you just have to hold your nerve and you just have to say, look, I know, you know, Jalen Waddle's a talented player. I know, you know, DK Metcalf's a talented player. I can't just freak out and sell pennies on the dollar t higgins or whatever just because they've had a bad couple of weeks you know um i think there is some volatility with the early season numbers especially at the wide receiver position and you do have to i think that's the thing as well as you, you do have to put context and sometimes you just have to give yourself the context you have to talk to yourself and just be like hey man they were injured for two weeks okay listen you know <laughs> like gino you know, smith hasn't been his normal it's self okay You're you know you've got to like
1: and gosh yeah, you've got to give like
0: yourself, it. you gotta psych yourself up because it is it is easy to man, it's so frustrating looking at someone like T. Higgins week after week and they're not giving you what you want, or you're having to bench them. Like you're literally thinking, okay, I'm gonna play this other player who is, you know, like I'm gonna play Kendrick Bourne over, you know, T. Higgins or something like that. It's not a world that we thought we would be living in. Um, so you know, I just think you have to kind of sometimes as if you play Dynasty, you've gotta be able to differentiate the in-season you know, mayhem versus the long, like the long-term trajectory of your squad. Because honestly, there are times where in season, you know, it's okay at times to bench a T Higgins for, a you know, Kendrick Bourne if- you know, if Kendrick Bourne is on a tear and he's got a great matchup and T. Higgins is just coming off an injury, you know, there's times where you make those decisions that, that that's this, making a one-week start-sit decision is completely different to saying, you know what, yeah, I'll trade away T. Higgins for a second. You know what I mean? Because those are the kind of players that we know, they've proven, they've shown, you know, Jalen Waddell, DK Metcalf, these guys have shown us that they can be absolute studs. Um, you know, and every player goes through this. Every player has a little bit of ups and downs that they have to go through. They battle through some adversity they have some injuries it's a very tough very violent sport very few if any players you know have a perfect track record for you know uh, iron uh, iron man attendance you know never missing a game sort of thing so i just think like i said just want to think about it hey you know if you're if you're managing one or multiple of those players you're not alone it is frustrating it is tough but you don't want to like make a knee-jerk reaction you know again even if you're like say you're a contender. And you're struggling at wide receiver, and you've got DK Metcalf and T. Higgins. As tempting as it may be, you don't want to trade away T. Higgins for Brian Robinson Jr. (laughs) in your contending squad because honestly, going all in is dangerous. Like you go all in and you trade away all your future draft picks, you trade away your young players that are injured and everything because you're trying to win the ship. You never know. Those players can get injured. You can get into the championship game and the other team just plays better than you. And now you're stuck with aged players or injury players or players that you don't like as much as the ones you got rid of. And you don't have a championship. You don't have the money. So we're not all Dennis who win these championships every year and has all this money and just throws it around for fun. But those are some of the things I wanted to to talk about. Anything else you wanted to bring up before we move on to our next segment there, Dennis?
1: You know, I just want to rebut your last there it, you know my my theory is if you're not winning championships you're just not playing in enough leagues
0: <laughs> exactly you just got to play in enough leagues where you can win one and then not talk about the rest of them just talk about the one you won and uh, make sure you post a lot of pictures of that one on x stroke twitter and that is how you prosper so we're gonna we're gonna move in then to our trade targets because we've been talking a lot about trade and we just want to maybe highlight a couple of players that we think you should be looking at maybe trying to acquire or get off of um at at a high price
1: stay on target stay
0: on target so we have talked a lot of sort of like general theories or players that we like players we don't like things like that somebody i did want to bring up because we really haven't talked i don't think i've mentioned him at all really this season um somebody i think that you should maybe consider trading away right now would be christian mccaffrey and i feel like you know man it's it's a it's crazy because he is really he's been really great since he went to san francisco like he really has he has managed to avoid serious injury which is hashtag analysis yeah exactly this is this is the reason why you listen to this show is for this um hard-hitting analysis that you would not get anywhere else certainly not looking at box scores and you know he's been a touchdown scoring machine. I can't even remember the stat off the top of my head, but he's like he's either tied or now he's in the lead for like the most consecutive touchdowns in a, in a you know for an NFL player, something like that. It's crazy. He's he's scoring touchdowns every single week, and I guess my point being that we've seen this so many times, guys. In Dynasty, it is so hard to do to trade a running back like this at peak at their peak of their powers. But honestly, I just feel like. He's 27 years old. He we've seen him be injured. He was injured for almost two seasons, you know, in Carolina. We've had he's had this amazing resurgence in San Francisco, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. Love it. But I mean, I saw somebody trade for in a league I'm in mean, Austin Eckler, um, and they got a first and a second or something like that out of him, you know, and they're because they're middle of the road or, or rebuilding, and they were able to get a pretty nice return on him. And I think you can get that, you can maybe even get more than that in some leagues for Christian McCaffrey right now, because he is absolutely killing it. I just think. I, I think you should strongly consider it. I mean, because anything, anything goes wrong, you know, he, he wrecks himself, he breaks his leg, whatever. Anything, you know, heaven forbid that happens. Obviously, we hope he never is injured again. But it's just with running backs, we've seen it so many times that if he did have a big injury, if he ends the season on a big injury on IR, he's just not going to get dynasty value wise. He's not going to, you know, his his value is not going to go up. He's going to be twenty eight. He's going to be whatever, you know. And it's just one of those things where. If you can get a King's Ransom or if you can even just get like a, if you can take a step down to like a DeAndre Swift and get a really nice size plus on top of that and keep competing, keep going. I think that's a move you should really consider making. Now, again, please don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. You know, I'm not saying you should go out and just trade CMC for a second or something stupid, but I'm saying if somebody in your league is desperate and they will give you, you know, a first and a good player for Christian McCaffrey and you can keep pushing and keep contending with that. I think that's something you should really think about because honestly it's just I've just seen it too many times where these players, you know, Saquon Barkley's, whoever they are, they get injured or something happens and they just never accrue that value again. They don't build that value back up again, especially once they hit a certain age um in dynasty. So I think you should think about trading away Christian McCaffrey if you're you know if you're in, in any way even if you are like a top two, you know, contender in your in your team, in your league, if you can get a really good return on him, I just feel like right now with his age and with what's going on, he's not gonna I mean, he can't score touchdowns every game for the rest of his you know, the next five years, just impossible. It's a mathematical impossibility. And, <laughs> um, and, and, you know, we just don't know. So I, I, that's my guy I would bring up. I know that's probably going to rub people the wrong way because people are loving. I mean, I get it. If you have Christian McCaffrey now, it is great. It feels great. Um, but it also felt terrible when you were sitting in, in IR for like months and months at a time. And I just think running back is such a, tough position you see players come out of nowhere like zach moss is every year but you also see players like jonathan taylor's and stuff that you have such high hopes for and then you, they miss a whole season or they're just not great again for a year and it's just so up and down i'd, I'd rather kind of diversify and, and move my my kind of value into more liquid assets and like picks or just younger players um with with longer shelf lives that, that's my christian mccaffrey rant over do you have any players dennis that you wanted to talk about either acquiring or getting rid of
1: so if, if I roster McCaffrey and I'm competing for the title, I, I couldn't bring myself uh, – if he if he plays until week 16 and then crashes and burns, so be it. Uh, however, if I'm a sixth seed, I agree with you. Ship him off. Start that rebuild. A guy that I'm actually targeting has fallen out of favor. Um I was talking about him last night on the Dynasty Nerd show on the Better Sports Network and that's Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. I get it. He he's not we all want to compare what he's doing this year to what he did last year and we're like, "Oh, that guy is so trash." He he's not. He he's still uh I think uh let's see where did my stuff go. What he's RB eleven, he's still an RB one on the season, which is not our not the RB one, but it's still good. You're, you it isn't like you're benching him. Um, and if I can send a mid first, if I'm pushing for a title, and I can send a mid to, you know, maybe a, somewhere between like 106 and 108 for Josh Jacobs, I'm going to do that. He's his offensive line is bad. 0.97 yards uh, rush before contact. So he's getting hit in the backfield. It's 31st in the NFL. Um, his explosive run rate at 1.7% isn't very good, uh, and he only is getting 70% of the carries inside the five. You'd, you'd like to see that those, both of those numbers go up, but it's hard to have explosive runs when you're getting hit. You know, four yards behind the line of scrimmage, but. When you factor in his receiving work, running backs with a minimum of 25 routes run, he's 47.7 in route participation. It doesn't sound great, but when you look at it, it's actually 11th in the NFL among all running backs with 25 routes ran. 0.29 targets per route run is seventh in the NFL for running backs. And he's got a 15.4% target share, which is fourth in the NFL for running backs and Las Vegas has a very narrow funnel. It's Devonte Adams. It's Josh Jacobs. And it is uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, we see th- this week, all the news is that, that Josh McDaniels can't get along with Hunter Henry. And so that means he's a terrible person. I don't think that's why he's a terrible person. Uh, he's not, a, he's just not, I don't think he's a very good head coach, uh, but that offense runs through those three guys, and that's why McDaniel thinks he can put Brian Hoyer back there and win games when Jimmy Garoppolo is out, when he should be starting Aiden O'Connell, to see, is this kid got something? Does this kid have anything? Uh, but I'm, I'm all on the Josh Jacobs train. He's going to be somewhere else next year. He's in his, what I think, his fifth year now. And he's still only like 26 years old. He's he's not an old player. So I am all about the Josh Jacobs, but I also have realistic expectations. I, I expect him to probably be in the second half of the RB ones, not in the top half of the RB ones.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, in, you know, definitely. Yeah. He's, he's, he's only 25, which is nice. Um, you know, that is good. And Like you said, I think the main thing is if he's going to be getting targets, that's so great for his value. And really he has. And that's one of the things that's been going under the radar. You know, you look since week two, he's been getting six, five, 11, five, five, you know, and then four targets. But last week was a bit of a dumpster fire. Um, So he's getting five, six targets a week, you know, most weeks. And that's awesome for running backs. Like that is, that is completely what you want to see, especially now when they're playing so badly, like you said, it's almost like it feels like, I don't want to say it, but it feels like the only way is up <laughs> um, as far as like, you know, I don't want to say, cause I, I, agree with you. I don't, I don't believe in McDonald's um, as a head coach. I don't think he's a very good head coach. So you don't know what's going to happen as the season goes on, especially if Jimmy G's already been in and out, in and out of the lineup. If he does get a season ending injury, what are they going to do the rest of the year on the way through uh, at quarterback? But yeah, no, I, 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 definitely like that. And I like the idea of always trying to target those kind of vet running backs that can get you the production that you need to win a title but you're not going to pay the premium like of course we would all love um to Mm -hmm. have our rosters filled with Brees, halls and devon 18s and all these guys but you know realistically it's, it's very very difficult to acquire that without selling your soul um so yeah no i like it i like it um i definitely agree i'm gonna move on here we've got one final segment to hit here before we let dennis go and it is a doozy Word of the week. Word of the week, Dennis, you've been on the show before. I think you know what's coming. We're gonna give you a word of Northern Irish slang. You're gonna try your best to decipher what on earth I could be talking about, give it a use and a sentence there, and then yeah, you're gonna be much wiser for this. I am certainly much wiser for having had you on the show, and we'll end on a high. So the word of the week is slaggin. What do you think a slagan is or could be, and could you possibly use it in a sentence?
1: So, slagan feels like a verb. And maybe? It's, <laughs> so, to me, and maybe I've watched too much Austin Powers, but it because it rhymes so much with shagan. So, to me, that's that's where my head immediately goes. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, me and the boys, they're heading out Saturday night hoping to get some
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Dennis, don't ever change. Uh, that is amazing. I love, that's one of my favorite parts of the show is just hearing what people imagine these words could mean. So slagging, you're right. It is a verb. It is not exactly what you hear. <laughs> And to be fair, if you and the boys are heading out on Saturday night, you probably will be uh, getting a lot of slagging because slagging is basically what we would say is like sort of the way you insult your friends, but in a friendly way, like you're giving them a slagging. You're like making fun of them. You're like, we call it taking the piss out of somebody. Um, You're basically like, you know, oh man, you, you started Jeff Wilson last week. Ah, you said, you know, like you had, you had Devante Foreman on your bench. Ah, that's a slagging. You're giving your mate a good slagging. Um, so it is something that you would just, giving giving each other grief but in a friendly way you're not actually trying to piss each other off you're just like giving each other a bit of grief because your friends uh be a slag and so there you go <laughs> you have learned something new uh and you can go have a bit of slag in this weekend and not get in trouble with the misses so there you have it we have learned something new we've talked about a lot of great stuff dennis is still going to be able to get out of here and get to work on time And guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying the show, definitely give it a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Really helps the show, really helps me. Definitely go give Dennis a follow if you are on X stroke Twitter at culture underscore coach. Check out the work over at Dynasty Nerds. I know I do a little bit of writing for them, but they honestly do put out an awful lot of amazing dynasty content and if you're listening to this show you're obviously somewhat interested in dynasty fantasy football uh they got loads of articles they've got an amazing podcast they've got rankings they've got an amazing app they've got loads and loads and loads of great tools um a lot of it is free as well so i mean you can pay for certain things but a lot of it is free and you'll get smarter you'll have a lot of great information it'll help you be a better dynasty player dennis is there anything you wanted to leave us with any final words of wisdom anything you wanted to shout out or plug before we go
1: uh, no you you hit it all uh Go in the, go over to Dynasty Nerds. Get the uh, uh, Nerd Herd uh, Dynasty GM bundle, and uh, use code Roundtable for fifteen percent off.
0: <laughs> nice, I like it. I like it, um, guys. Yes, definitely do that. I I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun, a lot of great great tools, and just help you be a better Dynasty player. Make sure go get some trades in. Don't sit in the middle of the pack. Get some get some future picks. Get some trades in. Uh, listen to Dennis if you're a top two player. If you're anything else, listen to me and sell CMC and definitely get some W's this weekend. We will catch up with you again next week. I drive zero B in Dynasty. Pass off a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate